So the Charlotte Hornets are on a two and two start to the season, but perhaps aren't getting enough from their highest paid player. We'll get to that. Plus, take a look at the preview of the game between the Hornets and the Magic this weekend. All today on the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Shout out to Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Walker Mail. You can catch me and my buddy Doug Branson on WFNZ, who not only was singing on this podcast yesterday, but he stayed true to his word, and he sang with full conviction, committing to the bit, because it's probably what Doug does best, committed to the bit, singing a song about Teo Maladon. Did a Maladone, by the way. Doug, you did an excellent job, buddy. How do you feel after your hit today on the radio? Maladone. It's not Maladone. All right. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to switch that up. I felt good. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, is it online? That's what I want to know. I got to go see if WFNZ put that uh, piece of art on the website. That's what I it is a out. piece of art. No, we hung it in the Louvre actually. So we have to go to France and check that out. <laughs> it's just an audible. You have the you know the little listening device. You just go to each <laughs> exhibit. I think I was pretty sing. I was pretty on key. I think I was pretty on well, key. Well it's well and here's the thing, right? So Teo was awesome. Uh mm-hmm. shooting eighty seven percent from the field and eighty six or five percent uh, from the field yesterday. Good. Whatever. Just pretty pretty awesome stuff. The backcourt depth has been amazing. I want to get to DSJ really in the second segment. But those are the guys that were not only even considered secondary players, but dudes that weren't even on the team until the very very end of the offseason. Teo comes aboard via the two-way contract, and you also have Dennis Smith Jr. coming aboard via a non-guaranteed contract, and those guys are playing big minutes. They've been awesome for this start of the season, allowing the Hornets to go two and two. What's interesting is you have a non-guaranteed contract, a two-way deal, too, and yet the Gordon Hayward $30 million a year contract is what we're going to talk about in the first segment because the guy making $30 million did not show up in crunch time yesterday. He did have 20 points. I believe he was 8 of 18 shooting, um, uh, looking up at the box score. So, like, it's not like he was awful. It was just the five turnovers at the end, also not delivering in crunch time when you might want him to show up considering he has the offensive game in order for you to kind of lean on in those situations, man. For me, I Gordon Hayward played well the first two games. I thought he was being aggressive against New Orleans. I think he was 12 of 19 in that one. He's still providing efficient minutes, and yet there still seems to be this underwhelming feeling about Gordon Hayward. What have you made of his performance the first four games of the season? Well, I'd say people who are looking closely at it, including Gordon Hayward himself, who who critiqued himself after after that loss to New York, they they are uh, they're looking at it with a critical lens. But I would say the fan base in general, I haven't seen that much heat around Gordon Hayward. Certainly not as much as we've seen in years past, because a he's healthy, and because b uh, there have been other players stepping up that have taken, I think, some attention and some heat off of Gordon Hayward. I feel bad for Gordon Hayward a little bit because 
you know, number one, uh, the the person at Sports Clips messed his hair up real bad. You know, he's got to go out there every night looking embarrassing, and you know, people are clowning him. And so I feel I feel bad for him, and just on a human level. Yeah, but he th- did not get the MVP treatment. He settled for the lowest amount package that they offer over there. You got to be careful. You got to be careful who you trust with the hair. Let's trust me. I know I got a lot of it, and uh, you know, I'm very careful <laughs> about who gets to touch these uh, flowing locks. So there's there's that aspect of it. But in all seriousness, I do feel bad because he's had to shoulder a lot of the load uh, for the Charlotte Hornets this uh, season because they they haven't had LaMelo Ball, and then they lose Terry Rozier, no Cody Martin. So he's probably being asked to do a lot more than he normally would if you had those players. But I know what people are going to say immediately to that. Uh, he's the highest paid player. He should be asked to do a lot. Here's the thing. Gordon Hayward's doing a lot of good things, like if you zoom out. I mean, he's shooting uh, over 50% from the field. He's scoring uh, nearly 20 points. He's uh, almost has five rebounds a game, four and a half assists. I mean, those are decent numbers, actually more than decent in my opinion. Now, the three-point shooting needs to improve, something he's been very good at when he's been healthy. That's got to come up. But here's the big deal. I think one of the big deals, passing up the shot at the end, yeah, that's a problem. But I think the biggest deal this season so far is that he's averaging four turnovers per game. And if you go to the advanced stats on cleaning the glass, his turnover percentage is 19.8%. That would be that would represent one of the highest turnover yeah. percentages for his career. And for his position, wing, uh, that represents nearly the last place among wings in turnover percentage. He's turning the basketball over too much. It's on bad passes. It's on travels. He had two travels against uh, New York. Maybe one of them was a little BS, but the other one was a clear travel. So a lot of that, if he's going to be the connector, a lot of that has to get cleaned up, Walker. Yeah, and I wonder how much of it is just trying to figure out how to play with some of these guys. Like Gordon Hayward, one, you already have the detriment of his injury history, but also Dennis Smith Jr. is the point guard. Now, the other excuse is the fact that nobody else has this has this you know, illustrious history with Dennis Smith Jr., right? Like, it's not like anybody else has played with him a ton. But Gordon Hayward also, it's just interesting to see this amount of turnovers come from him in the start to the season. But the numbers still are pretty good elsewhere. It was just he and P.J. Washington passing up some open shots at the end of this game. It actually leaked into the beginning of overtime when a lot of dudes were passing up shots as well. Didn't really get that. At, I, I don't I don't think it – I mean, it's, it's just so easy to say it's nerves. They're not ready for the moment. I, I don't think that's really it. I just felt like they kept looking for the better play and they passed up what was ultimately a good shot. And you're not going to get a perfect shot in that situation, but they were looking for it. So that's the thing. Just go ahead and take it, Gordon. Go ahead and take the three, PJ. And it kind of leaked into overtime. What I think he has to recognize the situation, which is you don't have LaMelo. You don't have Terry. You need to be yeah. the number one guy. You need to be the player that takes the shot at the end. And honestly, even with LaMelo and Terry back, I think part of the reason they paid so much for Gordon Hayward is because when he has been healthy pre-Boston, he proved that in big moments, like he can knock down shots. He can, you know, he's a three-level scorer. He can get to the rim. Uh, he can shoot that mid-range shot and he can create space for himself. And that game against New York had a playoff feel to it. It was just haymaker after haymaker. Both both teams playing offensively the best that they've played this season. And, you know, Gordon, I think, has to in that moment recognize, hey, I need to be the number one option here. Give me the ball. I'm going to go get a bucket for the team. Uh, and, and in those, I think when he gets another one of those moments, if it comes in Orlando, if it comes against Golden State, I have a feeling he's going to take that shot. 
All right, so we're there we are talking about one of the quote-unquote stars on this team. We've also been giving a lot of credit to the dudes that just come aboard this roster. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're going to be just, I opened up a new tab. Did you just play the graphic and I didn't hear the sound? Is that what took place? <laughs> I don't know. The sound didn't play. So, okay. uh, gotcha. you know, uh, apparently the sound is sleeping on the Hornets. Yeah, gotcha. So usually I will use the sound as an indicator. And when I don't hear it, I have to make sure. So That's we're going to use that smooth transition into Bet Online, who I'm sure they're happy to be a part of this podcast after this excellent producing and hosting. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player development team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, even golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. More about Dennis Smith Jr. coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. But I have seen him go all That's the way up fault. to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we I need to get trying, out of here? Okay, here's the thing. My, I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off, and I was trying to silence it, and then I accidentally hit ping the phone, and then the phone pinged, and, and now here we are. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes... It seems like you're. I'm actively fighting you today to move to Sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Hey, there's the sound. That's a great cue. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for making Locked on Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. I want to talk a little bit about yesterday's show for just a moment because the comment section, pretty hilarious. So many different Knicks fans were in the comment section, angry at us, truly truly believing that P.J. Washington shot the three-pointer. And they were saying, oh, my God, are you serious? Did you not check out the angle? You guys are dweebs. What are you doing? So fantastic stuff from the Knicks fans in the well, comments. Can I, can I comment on that? Can I comment yes, on that? Because this do. is part of the problem with the YouTube algorithm is it it does drag in the opposing fans every once in a while who want to just come in for one episode and troll. But here's the thing with Knicks fans. If, if you do come back for a second episode, I really hope you do. Um, I, I, ju- I would just like to say, like, I love Knicks fans. I especially love Knicks fans in October because October and and early November Knicks fans, so full of hope, so full of wonder, so full of playoff expectations. Actually, the only thing that I love more than October, early (laughs) November Knicks fans are the late March, early April Knicks fans, uh, because all of that hope has gone away. Uh, they are lost at sea. They have no idea how it happened, but suddenly they've only won 30 games. They were like, oh, we're three and one. And how did it happen? Like every year with this stuff, Knicks fans get out of here. You know what? You're ejected. Yep. Teed up. Double T, you're out of here, Knicks okay. fans. That, that is the message to the Knicks fans that are listening to this podcast. Also, I wanted to go to another comment, which I just loved reading myself. And a big shout out to Reese Powell, who writes this. Quote, I'm going to say it. 
Walker deserves a Presidential Medal of Merit for keeping this show on the rails. Doug is a lovable cluster bleep that cannot be controlled. Only contain heart emoji. You replied, thank you. He replied, love you, buddy. Keep being you. We need it. Well, that's I, I, I actually I put uh, Reese doesn't know this, but I actually put that in uh, I I put that in my vows. You know, that that, that <laughs> was something I asked producer Katie to vow that she would deal with me in all my cluster bleepness. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you can only hope to contain me. So yes, do you vow to try to contain me and not completely control me? Do you solemnly swear? I do. I think I heard that when I watched your wedding oh, video. So yeah, there you go. Um, let's talk about Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, speaking of love, man, I'm telling you, everybody's falling in love with DSJ and the reclamation project that is what he's doing with the Hornets. You kind of did a deep dive on the defensive stats for him, the deflections, the steals. He picked up a couple of other steals in this game against New York. Uh, Jalen Brunson, it just a crazy game from him with 27 points, 13 assists, and seven rebounds, I think, was the stat line. I'm trying to bring it up to look at what Jalen Brunson did yesterday. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was he was actually pretty crazy, to be honest with you. Yeah, 27, 13, and seven total rebounds. That's absolutely nuts on 41 minutes logged in this game. Nikias Duncan, he put out there that Jalen Brunson, that contract that everybody clowned the Knicks for, the contract's actually looking bad for Jalen. <laughs> He's been a legit all-star in the Eastern Conference. Oops. And the reason I want to go back to that again, just because that stat line was put up against Dennis Smith Jr., who guarded him on quite a few plays, and Dennis was all up on him, and Jalen was just still hitting tough shot after tough shot. So Jalen Brunson's getting his national love. But what's interesting, too, is that Dennis Smith Jr. is starting to get the attention of the national accounts. You know, you know, pay attention. I think there's a Dan Devine put that out there. Maybe Michael Lee, if I'm not mistaken. So a couple of NBA national accounts are discussing how awesome it is to see Dennis Smith Jr. play with confidence, hit some of those mid-range pull-ups, hit a game tire over Mitchell Robinson. Once he drives into the paint and dishes it off for an awesome assist, one of the 11 that he picked up, and another time he actually hit it high off of the glass in order to tie this game. I know we've given DSJ a lot of love, but it seems like he is the biggest storyline for this team right now. If you wanted to go to the micro, okay, so macro, it's crazy to see this team with a 2-2 two and two start, but it's Nick Richards, and really it's Dennis Smith Jr. with all of the backcourt injuries that they've suffered. It's, it's interesting to see the national NBA landscape start to take notice of just how well DSJ is playing. Well, and it's because they took a lot of notice when he was drafted. I mean, a lot of people were high on Dennis right. Smith Jr. We were in love with Dennis Smith Jr. Thought it would have been a, you know, but of course he was like one of those classic names that just rises up the draft board and out of the, you know, 11th pick that the Hornets were destined to get. Um, but, you know, so now, but then everyone counted him you know, for dead, essentially. And, he, and even Dennis Smith Jr. was wondering if his NBA career was over. I read something recently where, you know, he was talking about possibly trying out for the NFL because, you know, nobody was picking up the phone and asking about Dennis Smith Jr. after that uh, stint in Portland where he got another injury. Uh, but the Hornets took a chance on him and the Hornets, classic Hornets move, taking a chance on a player when everyone else has counted him out. Uh, but what I like is that they are delivering Steve Clifford players that are very Cliffordian. You know, the intensity on wow. defense, the, the Cliffordian? 
You like that? Yeah. Okay. Well, just off the rip. Yeah, that was that was excellent. Proceed. Sorry, I didn't mean to stop you. Well, it's great. It's great that the franchise is committed to doing that because they haven't always been committed to doing that for Steve Clifford. So I'm glad that they're if they're going to put him on this sort of like player or team option kind of coach contract that they give him players like this. But Dennis Smith Jr. right now fifth in the league in deflections per game, and I just want to read the names that he again. I've done this twice now, but I think it's it bears repeating for the people that are just tuning into this episode for the first time. Here are the names that he's associated with in this deflection stat. Paul George, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, De'Aaron Fox, DeJounte Murray, Fred Van Vliet. That's a, that's a lot of all-stars. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is doing things defensively that all-stars do. And, and we should note that LaMelo Ball last season was high up on this list as well. Uh, so Dennis Smith Jr. doing a lot to fill in for LaMelo Ball on the offensive end, yes, but also on the defensive end. He is providing something that the Hornets would have been woefully missing without LaMelo Ball. Dennis Smith Jr., fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's a great story and people are glomming onto it. And and I think the important thing to note, Hornets fans, is that this isn't going away even when LaMelo comes back because Dennis so Smith either. Jr. will pair so well with LaMelo Ball. I, I think this is going to be a story all year if if he stays healthy. I don't think you're wrong. I think Mitch Kupchak was the Sith Lord that saw the Clefordian count in Dennis Smith Jr. and decided to bring him aboard the Charlotte Hornets team. And the fact that he can play alongside LaMelo the Cliffador- Ball. Yeah, the Cliffordorians. Yeah. <laughs> the Cliffordorian count. He said his Cliffordorian rate is off the charts. Here, Here's an advanced stat for you. The Cliffordorians are off the chart. Yeah, Teo, Teo Maladone, also the Cliffordian count. It was at the Cliffordorian. Yes, all of the counts. They are fantastic. I want to play this game real quickly with you, and I want you to be the judge. So Uh you talked about Dennis Smith Jr. If he was not going to play in the NBA, he told his agent that he wasn't playing overseas and that he was going to put on weight. He said he did, I think, and that he was going to go to the NFL. Like that was it. He was not going to go play basketball overseas. He played high school football, was awesome, got a bunch of D1 offers. And so it's not like the craziest thing. Yes, it would be an insane story. But also this is somebody that was very good at football. So with that, me and Wes Bryant, part of WFNZ from 10 to 2 right now. Man, these shameless plug. You're more Woo! shameless. You're more shameless than me plugging every Hornets box score. By the way, every hornetsboxscore.com. <laughs> Get my game notes and uh, check out the YouTube channel. I'm posting shorts over there now too. The shame that you have while trying to plug all of that while I was trying to talk about my show from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. possibly moving. So anyways, let's talk about this. Um, we did a NFL Hornets draft, okay? We did quarterback, running back, two wideouts, and a tight end. What I did was my first pick was LaMelo at quarterback. West did not go LaMelo. He had the first overall pick, and he chose Kai Jones at receiver, which is a really awesome selection, but... You got to go LaMelo or else I was going to go Teo Maladone to be like a game managing QB, the Teddy Bridgewater, if you will. So instead, I got LaMelo. I got the star. I got Pat Mahomes in a basketball jersey. I went LaMelo. I went PJ Washington at tight end because I thought he would be the best fit Mm -hmm. at the tight end spot. You got to have a little beef. So I went with him at tight end. Mm -hmm. Then I went with Dennis Smith Jr. at running back. Clearly the best at dude. I, I was loving this team as soon as I was making it. My wideouts. I would have loved to have Kai Jones, but I went with athleticism, James Booknight and Bryce McGowan's, both of those guys at the wideout spot. He went with Terry Rozier at quarterback, Kai Jones, and Mark Williams at wide receiver. Yes, Kai Jones, Mark Williams at wide receiver. His running back was Cody Martin, and his tight end was Gordon Hayward. 
I mean, dude, my football team, I feel like that would actually work. I think I could construct the Carolina Panthers around that five and be ready to roll. No, I think you definitely won the draft. Congratulations, Walker. I don't give you many props. I don't give you many props on this show, but I think Lamelo at quarterback is going to take you. I mean, everywhere you want to go. I mean, his ability uh, to to throw a basketball is amazing. Um, I think you put a football in his hands; it probably works out. So, yes, I love that. Um, If we were to go all-time Hornets, I would love Kemba at corner. I think Kemba would make like an excellent cornerback. Yeah, and plus Dennis Smith Jr. in the defensive backfield as well. That would be great. That's one. We need to really figure that. Anthony Mason, just anywhere. Maybe tight end or just off Middle linebacker. Middle yeah, linebacker, just, yeah. Just a one-man team. You know, as a quarterback, you don't, you did not want to see Mace coming, coming your way. What about Muggsy Bogues in like a third-down scat-back role? Is he Darren Sproles for the Hornets? That would be fantastic. As a punt, maybe like a kick returner or a punt returner back yeah. when they could do things. Yeah, I mean, you, Muggsy, you can't catch him. tough to tackle. Okay, um, I just completely derailed because I want to talk about how I won the Charlotte Hornets NFL Fantasy Draft, but we will have plenty to get to in the next segment as we look at a couple of the games this week. Can I give you one more thing on Dennis Smith Jr.? Yes, please. Uh, usage percentage right now. So the, a lot of Hornets now have crossed the 100-minute threshold, which means uh, that I get to go nerd boy and look at cleaning the glass and look at some percentiles. So is you, so Dennis Smith Jr.'s usage percentage right now, because he's played over 100 minutes, actually only four players so far in these four games have played over 100 minutes. Uh, Mason Plumley barely missed the mark. He's at 99. But it's Gordon Hayward, Dennis Smith Jr., P.J. Washington, and Kelly Oubre. Those are your big four who Clifford is leaning on right now. But his usage percentage for Dennis Smith Jr., 21.5%. That would be 36th percentile among point guards, so well below average. He's not getting a ton of usage. A lot of that because he's playing with Kelly Oubre, with P.J. Washington, with Gordon Hayward, who are being asked to take some of that point guard responsibility as well. And of course, we know Point Plumley is still a thing. Like he is definitely getting the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, but his points per shot attempt for DSJ, 114.9. That's above average. But even better than that, his assist percentage is at 33.3%. Yeah. That's 64th percentile among point guards. And his turnover percentage, we just got done talking about Gordon Hayward's turnover percentage being bad. Gordon, uh, uh, But DSJ's is elite at 8.5%. That's 84th percentile. So he's not making mistakes. He is playing with poise, and he is uh, finding others while also getting his own offense i mean there's not a ton to criticize it really does not compute the fact that nick richards was playing now he had a quiet game yesterday but nick richards being the dominant presence the dominant presence and then dsj playing the way he is it's absolutely insane all right coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast We'll provide a weekend preview. Of we'll figure that sound out. It's, it's hiding. It's hiding somewhere. It's getting ready for this. Uh, two games this weekend. It's sleeping. It's getting ready. All right. We'll preview Orlando and Golden State this weekend. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is Locked on Hornets. Walker, sometimes you don't have to have the best package. Okay. Sometimes... You just have to have the only package. If you wait, or this is uh, if my dating life uh, taught me anything, sometimes you just have to wait around long enough until you're the only thing remaining. And then suddenly, you look pretty great in comparison. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
So the Hornets have a back-to-back this weekend. They'll play the Orlando Magic tomorrow night, and then they will play Golden State on Saturday. Now, they'll play Golden State at Spectrum Center, but still a back-to-back. I believe, what is it? It's it's like 15 games in 28 days? That wouldn't seem right. I don't know. It's It's a lot of games and not so many days, and I know Steve Clifford has talked about how that's something that he's going to have to be prepared for as his team you know, is trying to win as many games as possible. And look, you're going to get some guys back. Um, and we talked about the rotation. Yeah, I, I teased it for this episode, so we probably should talk about the rotation and maybe some of the guys that are going to be left out. But, I mean, Doug, LaMelo Ball is close, right? Like, we, even though he was listed out pretty much right from the get-go, we do expect LaMelo is close to return. We know that Terry Rozier and Cody Martin were doubtful entering that game against the New York Knicks. So you think with a doubtful designation, they're hopefully close to return. When that happens, it's going to be really tough to figure out what your nine, ten man rotation is going to be. So if you want to talk about the guys that are actually going to see the floor, I'm trying to pull up my roster, but the starting five, they've been Mason Plumley at center, Dennis Smith Jr., Kelly Oubre, they started in this last game. So you have those guys on top of Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington. So there's five. Jalen McDaniel, six. Nick Richards, seven. James Booknight, eight. Then you have three guys coming back in Cody Martin, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier. I think all of them are supposed to be playing. They're going to get above some of those players I just mentioned. So that's 11. I have not mentioned Teo Maladon or your boy, J.T. Thor. 13, mm-hmm. 13 players, Doug. I, they're not going to have a 13-man rotation. I, I mean, I would I would think Teo Maladon. I would think JT Thor with the lack of minutes he's getting. I think those are probably the guys you're looking at. But if you wanted to dwindle it down even from 11, man, who who is next on the list to not see any more time? Yeah, I mean, I think JT Thor's minutes uh, drop significantly, probably to zero. Uh, the, the Hornets have been playing – Big. Uh, they played big until some of these guards started to take off, and then they've been playing uh, Teo Maladon. Maladone. Uh, so then JT Thor's minutes have already gone down with Maladone's minutes going up. So, I mean, I would expect Teo, JT Thor, James Booknight, honestly, I think would, would go to the fringe when LaMelo oh. Terry and Cody get back. I mean, I think those are just the realities. Like, it's good to have depth, but obviously, like Dennis Smith Jr., is is a player that you want to keep on the floor. Uh, you know, obviously Cody Martin, I think having, you know, signed him to the deal is, is somebody that they're confident that they want on the floor. I'm really interested in Book Knight. Book Knight looked better than he has in a while against the Knicks last night. Starting to get more comfortable, hit a couple of threes, started to drive in the paint and finish. Did not have the whole basketball hap- uh, uh, play happen where he turns it over once he gets into the paint. And Steve Clifford is stuck with him. What's interesting to me is if Steve Clifford is really trying to dwindle this thing down to, let's go, you know, 10-man rotation just to give us a a little breathing room here. James Booknight last year I thought was going to be a part of the rotation under James Borrego. Cody Martin (laughs) improved a lot last season offensively where the three-point shooting went through the roof. Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, Cody Martin. All of a sudden, James Booknight's kind of left on the sideline really because of Martin's emergence. Okay, so this is the year, right? Now, Steve Clifford ready to roll, giving James Booknight a lot of minutes in preseason, but Dennis Smith Jr. is playing out of this world. And right. he's providing defense at, an, at a, an exceptional level, too. Right. So 
I'm I'm interested to see what gives. You you can't take DSJ off the floor. You're not going to have him play 37 minutes like he did last night. But you can't take him off of the floor entirely. He needs to see a lot of minutes. I'm interested to see him run with Melo and Terry. And thank God we have somebody that can handle the basketball when Lamelo goes to the bench. James Booknight is he going to be squeezed out again, or is Steve Clifford going to continue to stick with him like he has in a lot of scenarios where it would have been warranted sitting him because he was hurting the team at that point? Yeah, well, I think the question is, is Steve Clifford really serious about getting down to a nine-man rotation when LaMelo Ball gets back, or will he experiment with a 10-man rotation you know, until maybe we get a little bit closer to the All-Star break and get serious and see where the Hornets are record-wise and see if there's a serious threat to make a play-in or a play-off. So, you know, at that point then, yeah, you want to whittle down to nine and, and get your best nine guys out there. And if that's book night, it's book nine. If it's not, it's not. The other variable here, I think, is, you know, Gordon Hayward's played 34 minutes per game so far. And they do, they have expressed uh, for a couple of years now a desire to get him a little bit more rest to try to take care of his body. We said in the first segment, he's being asked to do a lot now because they're missing players. Once they start to get those players back, will we see a Gordon Hayward rest every once in a while? Then you move Kelly maybe into Gordon's spot, and then that opens up opportunities on the bench where you need a little bit of extra scoring punch while James Booknight is sitting right there. So, you know, I think th- those are the two variables in my mind uh, that, that could mean uh, possibly more minutes for Booknight uh, moving forward. Yeah, well, and and I wonder too, like the, the guys that are going to be solidly in the rotation. So it's Lamelo, Terry, Gordon, PJ Washington. Those are going to be the top four, and then you kind of move to another tier where I still think you know Mason Plumley, Nick Richards, Kelly Oubre. Still, I I do you know Kelly's just such a wild card. Like there is good. There are going to be so many different opposite He's sides. He's definitely, like, if you wanted to pick a candidate who's most likely to work himself out of uh, Steve Clifford's rotation, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone uh, better than Kelly Oubre because he just does some of those frustrating things. And and honestly, like, he worked his way out of Borrego's rotation last season, at the end of last season. There were, there were yeah. fewer and fewer minutes for Kelly Oubre. So, yeah, I mean, if you're picking a candidate – uh, for James Booknight to jump in the rotation come the end of the season, I think Kelly Oubre is sitting right there for you. And, but and the thing is too, like I, I, I hate it because you know I'm going to be viewed as this Kelly hater, and yes, I've criticized him certainly in the second half of the last season. But you know, I, I do really like what I've seen Kelly work on. I, I do like that he's tried to get to the mid range and look for a shot in the paint. And I, I think that there have been some changes to the way he operates. He's not just jacking up every single open, even tiny little teensy teensy bit open three point shot that he has. He's actually looking to do something else with the basketball. And yet still, sometimes you have bad decisions. You have the tech, even if it's weak sauce. You had like the the you know, the air ball three pointer that he took. And that was more so, you know, trying to draw something up for Kelly to shoot a three. Yeah. And and the other thing is like you're not taking Jalen McDaniels, certainly the way he played against the Knicks. He he's got to play. He's he's on fire right now. So the rotation's gonna be tough. Um all right, last thing. Great, great problem. Great problem to have, it by is. the way. Not, not a problem we anticipated the Hornets no. having these tough decisions. Uh, but you know, I, I think I think Clifford. I, I haven't had many issues over the years. You know, looking back to this first run with his rotation choices, there were you know I, I think some other issues that we've had with Steve Clifford in the past. Um, but but that's not one of them. And he's been high enough on James Booknight where I think you can kind of throw away sort of the young player critique. 
Yeah, and um, it, it's, it is a nice uh, problem to have. Hell, we thought maybe Bryce McGowan's might see some time, and now that's even even if he's like getting a minute here and there, like what was it, 38 seconds? <laughs> yeah, 38 I think he recorded. Seconds. 38 <laughs> yeah. seconds of pure pleasure, Bryce McGowan's. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his nickname. There you go. Um, okay, let's do a quick preview. What is your rapid-fire thoughts on Orlando and even Golden State coming to town on Saturday night? Uh, Orlando's 0-5. That's always dangerous when a team comes in and hasn't won a game yet. Especially Mm -hmm. Orlando, who, uh, you know, over the course of their history with Charlotte has provided some pretty heartbreaking defeats. Uh, So that's tough. But I was just reading that they have several point guard injuries. They have the opposite problem of the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets seem to have too many guards right now. Mm -hmm. The uh, Orlando Magic don't have enough. I think they only have one healthy point guard on the roster going into this game. They do have Paolo Bancaro, who has scored 20 points in five straight uh, games. It hasn't equated to a win for the Magic, but I don't think that's Bancaro's fault. He has absolutely proved that he uh, should have been uh, the number one pick and was. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him. It's going to be another tough defensive assignment probably for P.J. Washington, who's just got got done defending Julius Randle. And I, there was somebody in the chat picking on his defense, and I just like, I can't, I don't know how you can watch that game. Yes, there were a few plays where he let, you know, he, he let Julius Randle get to a spot, but like Julius Randle's a really good player. I mean, he's like typically an automatic twenty points, and and what PJ did in that game, I thought was pretty valiant. He and he's he'll have another test against Paolo, uh, who is just an absolute bucket right now, so strong. Yeah. He's he's so big, and to be that fluid, I, I think Nada was the one that pointed it out on draft night, where everybody was like, "Oh man, Chet Holmgren is taller than than the Admiral." But like, no, the the thing to pay attention to is the fact that Paolo Boncaro was only two inches shorter than the Admiral when David Robinson was like a guest speaker there or something like that. That was the thing to pay attention to. Ten of nineteen from the field for both Boncaro and Franz Wagner. Um, 22 points for Wagner. 29. Pretty sure, Va- and I'm pretty sure Wagner is one of those players that they'll be missing, and that's a relief because oh, is that I, right? Okay, I, I, I am going back into my memory grapes, and I feel like last season Wagner uh, had a couple of pretty good games against the Hornets. So, oh, and he's and he's good. He's just flat out good, man. So, yeah, the 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 Magic are are really talented, and then Golden State. Golden State is they're not beast. playing. They're doing. It's here's the thing. If you if you're gonna yeah. play Golden State. It's nice to play them right now because they tend to, coming off you know championships and playoff series that they win, they just tend to start seasons a little lackadaisical. Um, they they don't have their foot fully on the gas. They're two they and two as well. Two and two, and I think they're sixteenth in offense, nineteenth in defense. Um, you know, double check those numbers, but I'm pretty sure those are close. Like they're middle of the pack. They're not dominating right now. Uh, so is it out of the realm of possibility that this team? Uh, could have enough firepower to beat Golden State? Absolutely not. It's going to be about defense and finishing possessions, Walker. I mean, I I think that's really what it's going to be about for the Hornets is pick-and-roll defense, getting some of that figured out off this New York game. But also, the Hornets right now are bottom in the league in defensive rebounding, but top 10 in offensive rebounding. That totally flips the script on what we know about Steve Clifford teams, Cliffordian teams, if you will. (laughs) And, And I think it's because, one, 
they've uh because they have their full deck at 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 center and power forward like they've got no problems injury wise there that but but they are missing Lamelo ball who was one of their better rebounders last season like of all players he was one of their better rebounders so they're missing that aspect and also they've played three out of the four teams they've played so far are really really good at offensive rebounding so they'll get a little break as they play orlando and golden state two teams that don't tend to crash the boards a ton uh so they'll just hope they get a sleepy night from golden state uh in charlotte what i will say too is orlando there is some runaway potential for the hornets i mean even the magic right crazy things can take place in the nba but the the one thing that could be an advantage for the hornets is if you decide to not bring back cody martin terry rogier and Lamelo. if they are still kind of on the fence maybe they can return you might have three fresh bodies if you choose to look at the glass half full instead of half empty with them knocking off some rust so maybe the rust is mitigated by a fresh body out there and the golden state warriors they are going to be playing against the heat tonight so you do get one day rest for golden state it's not like you get two it's not like one of these crazy crazy advantage games right especially with this being at home at spectrum center so you have that working for the hornets only one more day rest for golden state and maybe some of those bodies can come back, some of the better players for the Hornets. Yeah, but if I had to make a prediction, Walker, I don't think they're going to bring back any of these players on the first night of a back-to-back because then you're talking about having to... That's know, what I'm saying, make, second yeah. night against Golden State. That's what would help, right? Right, so, so I, I think it's almost, you know, crazier things have happened, and if LaMelo is fully healthy and feels like he's ready to go, then, you know, maybe he does play against Orlando, but I would just bet dollars to donuts... I don't even know where that phrase comes from. Dollars. I have no why are we why are we betting dollars I don't to know. donuts? Why not just pay for the donuts? Donuts are pretty cheap. It's like one of the cheapest, most delicious breakfast food yeah. uh, that 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 uh, is on this planet. So, but if I were betting dollars to donuts, I would tell you Lamelo, Terry, Cody, all out for Orlando. Possibly could see them against Golden State, which would be exciting. That's you know? that's the thing, though, right? Like the fresh bodies against Golden State maybe mitigates the fact that it's the second night of a back to back. Maybe it doesn't happen. I don't know, but um, we'll see. So that that's something to look forward to. Should be a fun game always with Steph Curry in town. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. As is Locked On NBA. It's your daily thirty minute update on everything taking place within the association. Have a great Hornets filled weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Thank you.